Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Hi, everyone. I'm Teresa Heal, and I want to thank Chris Platty for talking about Young Living Essential Oils. So I'm going to talk about a few of them myself. We have Thieves Essential Oil, and it supports a healthy immune function and may contribute to overall wellness when taken as a supplement, which is our Thieves Vitality line. We have Peppermint. It's fresh and energizing. You can diffuse it in the room while you're studying to improve your concentration, which is great. Then we have lemon, which also aids in concentration, especially wonderful aid for children who are struggling with school or have learning challenges. Those are just a few. So if you have any questions, contact TeresaHeal at Comcast.net. T-H-E-R-E-S-A-H-E-A-L at Comcast.net. Thanks. Have a great day. And thanks, Chris. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Strictly Hip Hop. As always, I'm your host, Chris Platty, and coming to the podcast for the first time. So the last episode, I had one half of the On Deck TV podcast. This episode, I had to follow it up and get the other half, maybe the better half. We'll find out. My guy, Spike Lou. How you doing, man? What up, Chris, man? How you doing? How you doing? Uh, good, man. Good, man. Just uh, staying busy, man. I was, I, I was telling Animal Brown this. I was like, I, I think I've the way I have my schedule set up is I'm recording like 10 reviews within the next like seven or eight days. Like it's, it's great. It's album season out here, man. With so much music coming out, man, it reminds me of like the no limit days. You know, I came up in that era right there. So the one album every two weeks that you got to check out Kanye. If, if I hate him for anything, I do give him credit for like bringing this feeling back. But yeah. when hip hop was like every other week, there was something you needed to check out. So I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, man. Because me and my friend, uh, you know, and I talked about this on on the on the last podcast I did with the Nas, which will be up by the time this is up. Um, we I talked about how me and me and my friend Chris Chris Adams, who's been on the show quite a few times now, he mm-hmm. um, we have a tradition where every Thursday night we we get together, we chill, and we and we listen to the we listen to all the releases when they drop. And so it's like. Um, and, and you know we kind of got busy schedules, but you know we we try to always make that make that time make that day work. And uh, you know lately it's been like it's been like this for this last month. It's been like all right, we can't miss this week. We can't miss this week. You know, yeah, what I'm getting backlog. You're like, man, I gotta check this one out, but I gotta check this one out. That's how it was this weekend, 100. percent Yeah, but that that's the thing too, because like the Nas thing, which not to get into that whole thing, but that was <laughs> that was a whole thing in of itself, you know. Nas album wasn't done, <laughs> you know, um, and then and then of course Jay Z and Beyonce had to drop out of nowhere as well, and you know, man, it it keeps us on our toes, you know. One hundred percent. But um, all right, so we are here to review J Rock's Redemption, the TDE OG. So if you don't know J Rock, I'm gonna give a quick little background here. He's from Watts. Uh, he's again the TDE OG. He was the first member of the of the crew that you all know Kendrick Lamar SZA Schoolboy Q Absol um Isaiah Rashad all them uh J-Rock was the first artist signed there of that group signed in all the way back in 2005 um in the early years TDE signed merger contracts with record labels like Warner Brothers Records and then um after that fell through uh Tech 9 Strange Music label and uh, during that time, there was a run of uh, a mixtape rocker released, and then he released his debut album, 
uh, Follow Me Home in 2011, which featured two of his biggest songs in his career at that moment, All My Life featuring Lil Wayne, which is referenced on the album, and Hood Gonna Love It. And those were those were basically his two breakout songs at that point. Um, the Lil Wayne track was actually recorded all the way back in 2008, but um, because of delays and stuff, J-Rock didn't get the album till 2011. And uh, Rock also is kind of had a resurgence, if you will, with the with the breakout feature on Kendrick Lamar's uh, track "Money Trees" off Good Kid, Mad City. That got him a lot of notoriety, and um, he never followed up though with a full project until 2015, which he, when he released "90059," uh, which was an album that that I personally I personally enjoyed, um, but it definitely had its limitation. It was met with kind of lukewarm criticism, uh, lukewarm critical acclaim. And, you know, now we're here three years later, 2018, J-Rock's album Redemption. So, Spike, I'll start with you first, man. Uh, what were your initial expectations of this project coming in? Well, you mentioned um, Money Trees, and that's when I first kind of got a wind of mm-hmm. I was a J-Rock fan. I, I was familiar with him when he did the Wayne uh, song and, and back in, you know, when he had those two singles out. But it, it didn't really catch, you know. Mm-hmm. Game was from really, really popular through then, so I kind of had my West Coast fix. Uh, but after that Money Trees verse, I was waiting for the J-Rock album. Like, that 90059 was, like, number one on my list for up-and-coming TD albums. And then I was disappointed. I felt like the album was, like, rushed, and we didn't get a real, like, story from J-Rock. We didn't know who he was. And I feel like he just threw some songs together. Um, that being said, I was still a fan. I think he's, like, the second-best artist on TDE behind Kendrick. Uh, so coming into this album, I was really just hoping for a more personal story, like us getting to know him along with he had the hit. We knew that with The King Is Dead before the album came. So that was there as far as getting people to talk about. Him. So I really was hoping for him to follow it up with like just giving us who J-Rock was. And I got that from this album. It was a true redemption type story like throughout the album. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad you brought that up because that's an interesting uh, takeaway that I think uh, I think a lot of people had that same reaction coming into this. I too was um, uh, again you were kind of more familiar than J Rock uh, with J Rock than I was before Money Trees, but I had kind of you know heard the name, but I wasn't up on everything um, everything J Rock at all. And uh, when I heard Money Trees, I was blown away, and I was like, you is. It was one of those albums I'm just I'm just heavily heavily anticipating, you know, year after year, and after a series of delays, you know, it it kind of came it kind of came it felt rushed. TDE had this weird marketing tactic where they tried to say if mm-hmm. like X amount of people pre-order it uh, before this day, then it'll be released uh, like earlier, and you know, it just had all sorts of uh, messy situations. And to get to your point about the music, which I really loved, is that yeah, it wasn't. Um, it wasn't too personal. All we got mm-hmm. from it was that you know J Rock was from Watts, and you know he was he was from the street, but it but it never really he didn't. There was really, no story. Yeah, there was no story. He didn't yeah. really get in depth with it like he does on this project, and so that was you know coming into this that was what I was expecting, and also I was expecting more of a kind of mainstream album because one of the things I noticed, and you know, and it's only because. I'm weird and I read way too much into things, but I kind of, I kind of saw the tea leaves coming when, uh, when they announced that King's Dead was going to be the lead single off J Rock's album. It had Future, it had Kendrick at the time. Again, we didn't know what version, we didn't know we were going to get a different version or not of King's Dead, but still with that. And then, um, and then it was announced that the album was going to be, it was kind of like a thing in fine print, but it was something that caught my eye was that Interscope was actually backing this album. So I mm-hmm. was like, okay, so J-Rock got the bag for this project. So, exactly. So, so they I threw knew, the whole thing at him. Yeah, and so I knew coming in, I'm like, okay, th- this makes sense now. Now I, I can see that they're going to, they're going to give this as th- this is going to be J-Rock's album that the whole TDE force is going to be behind. They're, then they're going to have the Interscope push as well. And they're going to really say, OK, J-Rock, you've been here from the beginning. You're the OG. This is your this is your time to shine, you know. And right. so so I knew that was coming. And again, as far as like a, a hopeful aspect, I was hoping for, like you said, just more personal 
um, just more just more personal because I didn't really come away from nine double five nine knowing any more about J Rock than I did before. <laughs> it, exactly, like it's, it was like almost back in the day when people would go almost uh, press runs for their album, and then you read about them in the magazine, and all the interviews are the same. You get the same questions over and over. I feel like that was nine double five nine. Like, yeah, I knew all of this stuff already. I already knew you were a great rapper. Just give me some more. And I kind of feel like we got that on Redemption. Yeah. All right. Well, without further ado, man, let's jump into some tracks. Uh, I'll let you let's kick it off. It. I'll, I'll let you kick it off. What's the first track you want to highlight off here? Uh, for what it's worth, number two on the album. I love the sample. Uh, I'm that type of music guy. I like mm-hmm. the slow down sample, old school feel as far as on the hook. And then just like a, an emotional bars, emotional 16s is really giving you a perspective of him as a person, as a rapper, I think for what it's worth is maybe my favorite song on there. Hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I find that I find that interesting that it's, that it's your favorite. I love it. Um, again, for all the reasons you just stated, the introspection of, of J-Rock on here is probably the best on this album, which is something that I'm sure we'll talk about throughout this podcast is just the level of introspection um, that he has on this on this project. And this right here is probably his best. Um, I love the hook as well. Um, and I love the way it follows the intro so perfectly. The intro comes in with so much energy and force. And it's, yeah. you know, it, and it's kind of a I'm here, you know, be, beating my chest type record. <laughs> and then and then you get to this and it's more open. And um, one of the things one of the things that caught me right away. And this is something that, again, will be something that I, that that is throughout the album that I think makes a big difference is I heard J-Rock you know refer to you know say Johnny and I was like you know of all the music I've heard Johnny. from J-Rock I've never heard him use his actual like government name before so that kind of yeah. let me know what we were getting into and you know what to me the small things like that really stood out on the album they gave you they voided that feel that we didn't get from um, his last album that we were speaking of if you say the east side johnny stuff or when he's talking to kendrick later on we'll get to the wild freestyle when he said take it back to when top had the red charger even though we didn't know them then that kind of adds the depth to the story it kind of adds to the brotherhood of tde it kind of adds to the lore of top dog and like you said, when he's able to do that, just with small like little phrases like that, it just adds that much more to the album. Yeah, ex- exactly. I'm I'm a hundred percent with you. That's a that's a great point that you brought up. Um, I yeah, again for for what it's worth is is a great track. Um, it follow it follows um, it kind of follows too lately. Um, TDE's been kind of uh kind of doing this with the, a lot of their releases and that. You know, there's there's an energy punch in the beginning, and then it immediately simmers down into a slower, softer song, and it kind of and it kind of um, you know helps with the sequencing of of the project. And for what it's worth, was um, just the, what it was um, where it was placed. You know, right after that intro track, just made a lot of sense. And you know, it's those little things that when I'm going back to listen to a project, you know, not only is it just can you make you know x amount of great songs it's can you um can you make something that consists that makes sense you know does this whole body of work make sense are these tracks good individually but are but are greater when they're when they're together you know and that and that's how i feel about this record i 100 percent agree with you and i'll even go one up to say TDE, I feel like they do that as a label. It it never really feels like forced or like they're jumping out of the window to get sales or things of that nature. If we we can even not speak of rap and speak of SZA, I'm not a big Mm -hmm. R&B fan myself, but her whole rise and in the popularity that she had, it was so organic. And you get that from Kendrick as well. You get that from Schoolboy, even with Ab Soul. Like these people have their niche fan bases, but like you said, the songs are good individually, and the stories fit together so well. It's like not one's over here doing this, one's over here doing this. Like it's all like a fraternity almost or a brotherhood, and that really stands out, and it makes you want to buy in to TDE. It's like 
they they carry themselves like a boutique label, but they probably have like the biggest star in the game with Kendrick Lamar. You know? Right. Yeah, and and that that's an interesting point. Um, you know, it kind of it it kind of um, and I don't mean this in a bad way because I think this connotation is sometimes used negatively, but it almost gives you it almost like creates characters that you can like kind of buy into. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And 100%. and that really helps um, when you buy into. I mean, I mean, how many people? Pretty much everyone on this planet, their favorite artists, they're buying into them for for a, not just the music, for the personal reasons too. There's some exactly. type of personal attachment, and so TDE smart in that way. But um, one of the records I want to highlight is so for what it's worth was about you know J Rock from a younger perspective, um, mm-hmm. and and I love also too. I love also the 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 second verse he had about about just relationships with women too. Um, but I wanted to jump to Redemption, which was my favorite kind of introspective J-Rock on here. Um, I know I said mm-hmm. for what it's worth is probably the best um, over overall, uh, but I like this one more, number one, because I'm a big SZA fan, and her hook, um, there's just so many reasons I love it. Not only is it just SZA, I love her singing, but also, you know, I'm, I'm sure you were reading the same reports I was that, you know, there was rumors that she had permanently, uh, you know, damaged her voice Lost and her everything. Voice. Yeah. And this, and, and then just to hear her, because this is the first time we've heard her since those reports now, who knows how far back this was recorded, but um, but it coincided with pretty much right around this time, SZA announcing that she hasn't permanently lost her voice and that she is recovering and she'll, and she'll be back and everything. And so that... As a as a fan of SZA's, really um, amplified the record too. But um, Redemption yeah. too is for what it's worth. We talked about kind of how it was, how it was from a past perspective, and and again to kind of establish where I was. I was kind of a, a, a J Rock fan from Money Trees forward, right? So that story was before my time. So it was something that I learned and I appreciated. But this was Redemption was a story about the about the whole motorcycle incident and the, mm-hmm. and the very near-death experience that he had. And um, that was something that I remember. I, I still remember to this day where I was at, what I was doing when I when I read that on Twitter. And um, right. and, and social media was blowing up about it. And, um, and, and you know, so I, I vividly remember that moment. So this was the story that I was... I knew coming into this album that he was going to address it... Um, just by the title Redemption, you know, you, I, I, I assume that there was going to be a, 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 a strong level of introspection on this project, which is what we got. And, um, you know, this is the title track. And so I knew this, so I kind of figured this would be the one that, um, that addressed it. And so this was the one that coming into this first listen, I was really excited. It had SZA, it had the title track. I always, I always think the title tracks are, are meant to be, of significant importance along with the intro and the outro those are usually tracks that that carry a lot of weight in the grand scheme of the of, of the project and so um so yeah i i really loved i i love the story i love the bars that he gave on it and it was just a it was a really dope moment that was very personal for um and as somebody who's trying to learn about j-rock trying to um you know get more out of just j-rock than being a a street rapper who's a very talented mc you know, yeah, I definitely agree, and it made me remember the accident. You know, not mm-hmm. to say that I had forgot, but you know, you kind of put it to the back of your head, like, oh yeah, he did have the accident, but it, it, it made you remember how much that it did actually impact him and, and his trajectory. So, pretty, it's a really dope track, really yeah. dope track. Yeah, and Sizz's writing again on the hook was really um, perfect too. Just the word choices she used, uh, not yeah. only just her delivery, but just the way. You know, she wrote the the wins and losses, which ties so much in with the grand scheme of the of uh, or the, the the grand theme rather of this project and everything. Um, I just really I really enjoy the song. This is one of those songs that from the jump became an instant favorite of mine that I will often um, that I will often return back to. Right, and it goes to like what we said before the the whole how TD runs itself. To put SZA on this song after the situation with her voice, J-Rock talking about the situation with his motorcycle, it just makes you feel a little bit more like you have, like you said, the, your favorite TDE person, your favorite character. And that goes a long way 
as far as longevity. And I think Jeezy may have said this one time, if I'm quoting it correctly, I would rather sell a million records 10 times than I would rather sell 10 million records one time. And that's kind of what you have with TDE. They're going to consistently have their their records that come out and a million people are going to buy them. It may not be a diamond record or what it may be, but it's going to affect that niche of people every time that it happens for a long period of time. Man, I'm so glad you brought brought up Jeezy. I get happy every time Jeezy gets mentioned because <laughs> shout out to Jeezy, the very first hip hop yeah. CD I ever bought in my life. Actually, oh, the very really? first CD. Yeah, with Stug Motivation 101. The clean version, Shit, of course. <laughs> I remember where I was when that came out. Yeah, man, that was 100%. A, me too, man. I was in I was in fourth grade playing basketball <laughs> in my driveway. <laughs> <laughs> listening to that i would i would bring it out i would bring out my little i had a little like um cd player that was like yeah. that that was also speakers at the time and um and i brought that out on the porch and i would just shoot for for hours listening to that album like on repeat <laughs> it blew my mind when i listened to when i listened to the explicit version by the way <laughs> i bet it did and i bet that jesus had to jump start right <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah for sure for sure yeah. um but all right, w- without further ado, I'll, I'll let you get to what's what's the next track you want to bring up? Oh, uh, man, I, I'm always here for a J. Cole verse. Uh, so that OSOM, I loved it. The out of sight, out of mind. Like, mm-hmm. I'm here every time J. Cole is grabbing the microphone to rap. I feel like he's one of the most interesting, interesting artists in the game. So, like, any verse that I could get with him, I'm there for it, like I said. And then to combine it with J. Rock, I love those two going uh, – Back and forth together, out of sight, out of mind, a perfect feature for someone like Cole. And I really like the subject matter that he had on it. And I, I, I can kind of see both of these guys being out of sight, out of mind guys. So the song makes a lot of sense as well. Yeah. Um, did you happen to see the music video yet? I have not. I didn't know they had a video for it. Oh, yeah. yeah. It got uploaded, I believe, yesterday. And um, I, ju- I just actually watched it this morning um, because I, I knew it dropped yesterday. Oh, and- uh, it was really good. Um, it really put a lot of, um, you know, I don't think, I, I think it made the concept of the, of the, of the song very clear if it wasn't to most people. Like if you didn't pick up on the original, uh, concept, then this, this, it it was really just a story about, you know, how, um, and it even had skits in it too, you know, which was really entertaining. So that, uh, yeah. so basically in the, in the video, Cole, and J Rock had um, had robbed somebody, and um, it was okay. caught on camera. And so basically, you know, they're kind of dealing with the they're kind of dealing with the the repercussions. So the next day, it kind of shows them each walking through the street. And you know, every time you know he turns a corner, like J Rock, there's this scene where this lady, um, you know, pulls up with a car and gets out. And he and he gets he goes to grab the burner and he's and he's ready to he, you know he's ready to fight, yeah. but it's it's an old lady going to a drugstore you know and it's uh. like and it's just um so it, it was a very brilliant brilliant um video and, and it kind of had a very the, predictable you just sold ending. the hell out of it too so I'm definitely yeah. gonna check that out after we get done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, th- thanks, man. I try, <laughs> I try. You know, give me... <laughs> but um no, it was uh it was a really cool video and you know honestly. In, in the most unfortunate ways, um, it really almost hits home even more with the recent X situation, which was, again, like a way different situation. Again, we don't know, you know, if this was a cold-blooded murder, if it was a robbery, what it was. It seems like it was just a robbery, um, but we, we don't really know at the moment the full story right. of that. But, but again, I, I, I saw a lot of people like Charlemagne and other people um, talking about how when with X's uh, passing that, you know, it's kind of the way it's it's kind of it, it, it can it can be a repercussion of the way you of your decision making. Not necessarily that, you know, he did something to the person who killed him, but necessarily but basically the energy you put out is the energy you get back. Um, yes, sir. Kind I of, said kind that of in thing. my podcast Tuesday. Okay. Okay, dope, dope, and um, yeah, I still got, I still got to listen to that. Um, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm halfway through. We, we talked about that before. You know, I got, yeah. <laughs> I got to wait till the review is done to listen to your guys' review. But um, but yeah, and so, so yeah, yeah it kind of really hits it. home. What's that? 
I say, yeah, I'm a firm believer in that with the energy that you put out there, it, it definitely comes back. And like I said, I'm not sure what the guys from this generation will take from it, but I hope that it's something in which they move a little bit more carefully and see that like the repercussions are, they're real. You know what I'm saying? Like, and to, to circle it back around to someone like J-Rock, one of the things that I appreciate about him as an artist and just the whole West Coast scene is you can tell the level of respect that they have for the streets and mm-hmm. not to play around with things that they shouldn't like just be playing around with. And, and, and not to say that there's some big gangsters or whatnot, but you get a lot of guys from over on the West Coast that play around with the gang culture and then it's migrated and a lot of other cliques play around with the gang culture. These guys take that very seriously, almost like business-like, and you can tell that it comes off in their aura when they're speaking. So go to someone like a Nipsey Hussle who's clearly gang-affiliated, but he didn't put the energy out that someone like a Triple X puts out, or you can even go to a Snoop Dogg. Mm-hmm. Noted, noted with the Crips and those guys are not putting energy out there at least Snoop Dogg not anymore as to say hey I'm this big gangster and I want to live this life because when you do that people are going to challenge you like Jay Prince said it on the Breakfast Club you're going to campaign so hard at some point somebody's going to nominate you right yeah and that and that's that's a brilliant point that you that you bring up is yeah. just the the level of difference and that's why as a fan, I've always said this on multiple podcasts that I, I enjoy West Coast rap. Traditionally speaking, I enjoy West Coast rap the most out of any out of any region. I've always kind yeah. of been drawn to that, and and it's been that level of intro not not only um, respect but introspection too. Because they also a lot of times will explain it through the music. It's not just the way you know. It's not just them. Um, it's not just them rapping from a perspective of they respect the streets. It's why we respect the streets. Exactly. It's, you know, it, it's really gone into depth. And, you know, and and that's what I love about this record. So maybe one thing we should have talked about earlier about this record was that, you know, it kind of takes place in, um, in, in essentially the timelines around 2003 um, mm-hmm. or 2008, I mean, when, uh, when he released the, the single with Lil Wayne because he actually references that in, right. in the track. And, you know, but he, he's got the Lil Wayne single, so he's so he feels like he's popping, but he's still in the streets. And yeah. that's one of the things that, like, Atlanta, the show does great, not to get off into a whole nother subject, but <laughs> they, they do a great job of showing how, like, you can have a hit record and still not be, you know, economically economically safe and have to still be in the streets almost. And, exactly. Um, so so J-Rock's in that situation, that little kind of no man's land almost, if you will, and um where where he's one foot in one foot out of each of each you know area and um so so it's kind of just dealing and how he navigates through that and that again is such an interesting story because as a as a fan of j-rock you know i'm not here to just hear about the motorcycle accident like i didn't want 12 tracks of you know of you know crashing your bike i wanted right exactly you know i wanted who is j-rock and so it all kind of leads up and that's what I love about where redemption is placed is that it's replaced towards the end. It's not one of the first things he talks about, even though that's probably coming into this album one of the biggest talking points for him, right? Is is this right. is this whole near death experience? But you know, it builds to it. And again, that that goes to everything we've said throughout this podcast, the the sequencing, all of that, the storytelling, all of that. But um, one of the things I wanted to mention about this record too, and I wanted to see if you felt the same way. Because you know you're interested in Cole like I am, so Cole really delivered on this song, and you could tell, um, you could tell he he made this at least the impression that I took away was that he definitely made this in the same creative space as when he made Kod with the rhyme schemes, the content of the verse. Um, oh, one hundred percent. You know everything about it, the mentioning of the drugs and stuff. Like J Cole, you know, really before Kod hadn't really mentioned a lot of drug talk, really. And, um, yeah, so, you know, the, he starts with the promethazine and all that. And so I'm like, okay, you know, and he's talking about the plug and everything. And then just, again, the way he's rapping is very, uh, you know, modern and today, today style, um, today style rhyme schemes. So, um, so yeah, so I, I, that was another takeaway I thought is that, um, he really, um, J-Rock kind of grabbed him at the perfect time. 
I agree 100%. And he hit with the, like, mental health drugs as far as, like, Zoloft and Sandys and, mm-hmm. and and that nature. So I do agree. It's, it's right there with the kids on drugs thing that he had for KOD. Um, I, did, I just think Cole did a great job. He's going to bring it. I hope we hear more from him as far as him and J-Rock together or even just the, the whole black hippie crew as a whole. One thing that I did take away from this song, ironically, even though J. Cole isn't in TD, it's the collab album phase. I wish we had had, had something from TD as a whole. Maybe mm-hmm. the uh, whole black hippie or even that J. Cole and Kendrick Lamar album. Yeah. I just feel like they a, a collab where we get to hear the whole camp consistently would be dope. Yeah, and you know, I think, I I I think that that's something that we've all wanted for a very long time. <laughs> but it's something, it it's something that you're right. Had things maybe played out, like had had Kendrick and Cole been established establishing themselves now instead of you know years back. Maybe we would have got it because we're in a more collaborative space than we have been in the history of hip hop. One hundred percent in recent years. So you know, uh, I mean, we saw. I mean, how many EPs and you know whatever did we see in those last couple months of the year? It seemed like everybody was like, "All right, you know, you got eight beats. Let's throw something together or something." You know what? Whatever. It was very, you know, it was very quick and very. Um, you know, and and I think Kendrick and Cole would do it differently, but um, but yeah, that that same that that whole collaboration mentality is more acceptable and more um, open now than really ever before. So that's a good point. Agree, one hundred percent. All right, man. You want to get into your uh, last track? You want to bring up? Yep, my last track I'm gonna bring up is Troopers. I think Troopers did really well as far as breaking the monotony of bars, bars, bars. Uh, it gave a little melody, a cadence. What I think J-Rock did a great job of showing his versatility on here. So Troopers is another one of my tracks that stuck out to me as far as, hey, I, I like what you did here as far as adding and then giving us some more different from just, like I say, bars, bars, bars when you're rapping. Especially that's what you're going to expect from someone like J-Rock. You know what I mean? You're not mm-hmm. expecting him to go in there and kind of give you the melody and cadence. And I think the... All of the stuff that he did in there shows you his potential as an artist, especially on this song or even with King is Dead. It takes it away from if you're not the lyrical, miracle, appreciative person and you are only here for the melodies and things of that nature that, hey, I can do this, too. This is a part of my repertoire. This is a part of my catalog. And he did a very good job on that in here. Yeah, on the I agree. Track. I agree, man. Um, 100%. You pretty much had everything I wrote down about it. That you know, essentially, <laughs> the biggest takeaway for me is that, and and this is common throughout the project, but this song really is a is one that really hits it because this is one of my favorite melodies on the project. But um, but it it really just shows the improvement, and it really gives um, because I know there's a lot of people that enjoy bars, but they don't want to be barred to death. Like they're not here for just the melodies, but they right. But but they also, it's nice if it's nice that they that they get those too. You know, they want a kind of a a healthy balance almost. And so Troopers is that record, um, very much so. And I just I love that. Um, to be honest, that whole sequence of uh of um, what's the song before Troopers? I'm drawing a blank. The one before Troopers is King's Dead. Yeah, King's Dead. So like, mm-hmm. um, starting from. King, starting from King's Dead on is kind of like it, it's that it's it's really a a, a pacing uh, of the album that I wasn't really sure because it for some reason Troopers and Broke didn't sit with me the first first couple of times so I thought okay these are cool but am I really returning to these then I listened to uh, then I listened to them a couple more times I was like yeah I'm definitely returning to these records um, especially Troopers it's it's really grown to be one of my favorite melodies on the whole. Um, on the project as a whole would you would you agree with that 100 percent. i think he did and, and it, it wasn't trying too hard either it wasn't yeah. one of those like why is he even trying this he's not that type of artist it sounded good as far as coming from him it wasn't unauthentic <laughs> all right well let's get into let's get into trying too hard uh let me transition okay. to one of my songs and that's tap out um yeah. <laughs> you know it, 
if I'm being if I'm being totally open and objective, it's not a terrible song, but it's just not the J Rock I'm here for. And I'll always um and I find myself um always skipping it throughout the um if I like if I'm just throwing the album on. I don't usually throw albums on shuffle. If I if I throw an album on I just play it um Straight through through. and I skip and I and I'll skip a track if I want to, but I don't shuffle it. Um, I kind of just let this this sequence play because there's a reason, you know. Again, like we talked about earlier, there's a reason why the tracks are in the order they're in, uh, for the most part. And so, Tap Out is one though that always fucks up the flow of the album for me because Rotation One Twelve is one of my favorites, and then Out of Sight, Out of Mind. So it's stacked right in between there, and it just it always feels like you know. And you talked about how TD never really reaches, and I wouldn't necessarily go as far as to call it a reach, maybe. Uh, but it definitely, um, it definitely doesn't feel, it, it doesn't really feel like it belongs not only just between those two <laughs> records, but between you know, any two records on this project. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And it's going to sound kind of like, um, one your cake and eating it too, because we sit here and we talk about how much we want him to be personal and we want to more, know more about the story. And of course, you know, relationships are a part of that for everyone in life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I agree with you, man. I just didn't want to hear this from Jay Rock. Like, it didn't strike me as the story that he wanted to tell. Uh, it didn't strike me as a story that came off he was comfortable with telling, you know. So I would even go as far as, yeah, it is a reach. And it's not something that TDE usually does. So I do skip it 100%. I would have preferred it been a 12-album song. I mean, excuse me, a 12-track album. And they could have removed that totally. Or my only way to save it, in my opinion, is to add something besides Jeremiah on the hook. I don't think that he's strong enough on the R&B tip to hold it down as far as if I'm going to listen to a song like this from J-Rock, I really need that R&B guy to kill that hook. Like, I need him to murder that. And yeah. Jeremiah, to me, is not capable of doing so. I'm going to go with the Ty Dollar sign. Or, um, I mean, mm-hmm. just, just just something in that vein, just more sing songy, somebody that can really bring home that feeling that I want you to feel on a record like this. I don't think Jeremiah does a great job. And that on top of the uncomfortableness that you hear from J-Rock. Yeah, man, 100 percent. I'm so glad you brought that up, because that was something that now that you say it, it's like, wow, I've been feeling the exact same thing. And I just <laughs> haven't been able to put it into the right words. But uh but yeah, it it just if you're going to go the kind of the the popish uh, route or the pop route, whatever you, however you want to phrase it, um, right? If if you want to go that route, then you have to make sure, like with me, because I, I I love I, I don't listen to all R and B, but I love good R and B. Like I'm right. a real big fan of R and B when it's great, and so. Um, so so if if you absolutely murder that hook and give me no choice but to not skip it like even if it's a song where I'm just waiting for the hook then I then I probably won't skip it you know like if if the hook right. is delivered that well and that to me it, it it's it's I agree with you it's it's not and so that's kind of where the where the record falls short and you know and, and bringing up a guy like Ty Dolla Sign is interesting or you know some one a bigger uh a bigger baby better r&b singer on this record would mm-hmm. would have helped a lot and you know you got to think that tde had it in the budget because i mean they pulled off oh, jay of cole on here they you know like i don't know i mean they probably don't have to worry about getting kendrick on an album that's not an issue but, right you know they have but like getting like guys like cole and stuff and and you know you got the interscope bag and everything so i would have thought you know that they could have gone the route of somebody i so so my takeaway is that they just kind of had faith in that in that hook um essentially because i think they were i think they were going for the the what what we're saying um they fell short of is that they were going for the song that just had the the um incredible hook that you couldn't ignore i think that's what they right. were going for it just it just fell short and i think they believed in it more it just than didn't hit. we did yeah it just didn't hit yeah 100% but, um, but yeah, and and I mean honestly to kind of bring up a point I had earlier about it being between rotation one twelve and out of sight out of mind. Like I mean, realistically, it, it doesn't make any sense there. Does it make any sense anywhere? 
Really You're do. off the album. <laughs> right. <laughs> right, man. That's a good one. Um, all right. Let's jump into the last track. Uh, then we'll get into overall thoughts. So um, the Wild Freestyle. So, uh, you know, you brought it out. Um, I love it when, you know, it's just... It's got that it's got that hip hop feel where where it starts with J Rock going hey K dot and then you hear him way in yeah. the back you know yeah yeah and it it's got that hip hop feel where they're just yeah. like they're talking before they before they go in and um you, you know, can hear fun in the room yeah you hear fun in the room a hundred percent um you yeah. hear you hear that whole kung fu Kenny in the instrumental like you hear like that whole persona like you you really hear it in the beat so you're like okay this is like like as much as as much as that out of sight out of mind song was very kod like this was very uh this was very kung fu kenny like you know with yeah. the, with that kind of like that kind of like asian culture sounding like in there thrown in there and um and that kind of kung fu fighting stuff and and one of the things that i brought up is so i wasn't surprised one of the things that when I go when I go into a Kendrick feature, I'm always thinking, okay, how is he gonna tackle this? Because he <laughs> yeah. tackles a lot of songs a lot of different ways. Like, you know, like he he has a lot of sounds and a lot of styles and a lot of flows, and he almost he almost for the most part never really sounds the same on on two records. And yeah. so, coming into this, I'm wondering, and then and then when he when he starts flowing, I'm like, okay, I, I see he went kind of. This is kind of the I, and feel free to disagree or chime in if you, if you want. But the this is this is I take this as the kind of mainstream Kendrick, the way he used his voice on this and the voice and cadence that he used in the flow. And uh, so I just wanted to bounce that question to you. Um, do you, uh, do we like this mainstream style style Kendrick more or less than yeah, what he what he I would do normally like do? It. I do like it because. I feel like the the I'm a big Kendrick Lamar fan. Love the first yeah. album. Love the Purple Butterfly. Where most people, you know, either hated or loved oh. it. I loved it. I'm dying and on the hill. That's my favorite album ever. <laughs> I love it, and I know me and my co-host Animal Brown go back and forth about the he his disdain for it. And my <laughs> my thing is to answer your question. A lot of people try to use that against Kendrick Lamar as far as his creativity with using his voice and doing the different cadences and jumping in on the punch ins and the the, uh, the, the, the 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 double on the verses and all of those things. To some people, it turns them off because they just want to hear the bars. You know, they like just rap. They just want to hear the J Cole. They just want to hear like you saying what you have to say. To me. I, I appreciate it when he does this mainstream stuff where you can just hear what he has to say. But itself is I appreciate it for the critics because mm-hmm. I know that he can go in there and kill it, you know, every time. But sometimes people try to take that away from him because he plays around with his voice so much because he has the third and the fourth track where he's saying little words and going in and out and doing the kung fu styles. People would try to, you know, take away from, in my opinion, his ability because he's not going in there and giving it to you like a big Sean would, or he's not giving it to you like the other rappers that are upper echelon as himself. He's going to mix it up. He's always going to give you something that you weren't quite expecting. And to me, that adds to the artistry of Kendrick Lamar. Cause like you say, when, when you see him featured on a track, you look at it and you're like, okay, so what am I going to get this time? And you're always surprised, in my opinion. So I love that. So yeah, to answer your question, I did like the uh, the mainstream flow on this one just for the, the critics out there, just for the people who say or forget how good he is. He reminds them every now and then with this. Hey, man, you're, you're welcome on this podcast anytime <laughs> you want because I 100% agree with you, man. Um, <laughs> You know, with with Tip and Butterfly, that was one of the things with Tip and Butterfly being my favorite album ever. Is uh-huh. like, it is you know that was the criticism that we all that that we all like had to deal with for years was that okay is you know um, it's Kendrick going the super artsy route like you know is this is this gonna be what he's gonna be and he and and he'll and he won't get enough of the mainstream you know like like the 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 one thing I always want to do is like is like kind of give give us that something to prove the haters wrong and he really did that with damn because he had the records like humble that were very mainstream and right you know popped off his stuff so yeah so from it from that perspective from a selfish perspective uh i enjoyed it for that reason too 
and man, just the bars he came with, like, he came with some straight hip-hop bars, you know, like, my old school made, you know, reasonable doubt, like, I was like, <laughs> oh, shit, like, you know, yeah. he, he, he really, he really came in on that, and, uh, you know, it was, it was just, again, it was, it was very, in his voice, you could, I like what you talked about with the fun, um, you could feel, you could feel the fun, and the, and the chemistry between the, those two is always why I'm so excited, um, you know, I know we normally get, like, a black hippie cut, and right. I 100% wouldn't be mad at that. And, you know, you could take out, tap out, and throw in a black hippie cut, and I'm 100% Please. cool. Please. But, but uh, you know, I'm not mad at just a Kendrick and Rock track just because of the way they play off each other is always um, – I'm always left with such a uh, – I'm always left uh, satisfied when, the, when those two get together. 100% agree. Yeah, man. But um, all right, you ready to get into some overall thoughts? Let's do it. All right, um, I'll let you kick it off. Well, what are you feeling about this album? I overall, I feel like that this was the album in which J Rock needed to get to that next level of his career. This is a perfect foundation. We're gonna scrap nine double five nine. We're gonna scrap the old <laughs> one with Wayne on the single, and this is a perfect foundation to build off of. If I'm gonna do mm-hmm. a comparison or a a trajectory in which I would like to see him go. We kind of alluded to this, and I know you haven't listened yet on our On Deck TV podcast this past week, but I can see him taking the reins of someone like a game, you know, working, yeah. getting his personality up there. When Game came out with his first uh, tr- uh, first CD, the documentary, and then that ascension that he kind of went on from there, I would like to see J-Rock take that same trajectory from here from this redemption album throughout the rest of his career and i really think that what what i seen here with the big name features from future and you're getting your j cole and of course you get your label mates to scissor and you get your label mates kendrick lamar on there then you're able to put together a whole body of work that can hold its own on a weekend where you have titans of the game that are coming out you got nas beyonce jay-z and yet people are still saying hey man that j-rock is really really dope and to be able to do that is a great feat in itself and i think that he can build on that and he is going to build on that in my opinion especially with the strong tde team and be one of the next stars that we have from the west coast yeah that's a that's a very great point um i love your i love your um i love your comparison to the game because the game is one of my favorite artists so again another reason you're welcome back on this podcast i love it but um yeah I, I really agree that um, from a foundational aspect, this is a great start. This is a great point to kind of um, repivot, kind of recalibrate your career almost in a, in a way. And from here, kind of go to that next tier and like be looked at. Like, it, like if he follows up this album with another album like this, then I think he, get, he suddenly gets put in a new tier than than where he than where he is now and i think this one kind of did move him up essentially but uh but i think i think it it's kind of it'll be solidified or or he could move up even another tier if he delivers an album as good as this or better um right and i, I you know i can't and, and this is something we talked about earlier that um that really just in, um took me away was the introspection uh, again it was what you and i were both anticipating and hoping for coming into this project and we got it with um you know the fact that he had said johnny um he said it on the song that we brought up earlier which was for what it's worth he brought it up on a lot of songs throughout the i think i think it was it was four or five so a good handful of songs off this project he mentions his government name and it it shows a level of introspection and um and that was really that was really great. I I finally feel like walking away from this. I know who J Rock is, uh, and that's and that's a huge that's a huge point for um that's a huge like we said selling pointer or starting point if you will. And you know so I'm feeling an eight point five out of ten. Um, great album, one of the best this year. It's up there with with uh, Victory Lap with Daytona with all those elite releases this year. Um, it's definitely it definitely belongs in that tier. Um. You know, its shortcomings are very little to me. What's that? I said I agree one hundred percent. My the only shortcoming that I would have is that Jeremiah song. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly where I was going. Is 
the shortcomings are very little. It's just my biggest issue is tap out. Um, and then other than that, man, um, you know, really, it's just like, just like these are these are good to great, but um, but you know, it's not it's not all great all the way through, you know, and that and that's kind of a hard thing to um, to say because these are these are all good records, you know, they're just not it's not it's not a good kid mad city where it's great 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 but it's got a lot of great moments on it so it's a really overall good to great project um so that's kind of that's kind of the only thing if i'm if i'm you know picking uh picking it apart and dissecting it and so i'm feeling an 8.5 out of 10 what are you feeling on this album i'm gonna go with an 8 out of 10 I like okay. it. I think that there's room still for growth on another album. I think that it's a great project, like I say, to build the foundation on. And I'm going to take those two points off for the Jeremiah record. And <laughs> me personally, I'm, I'm not a big a fan of when as everybody else is. So I, that, that kind of to mm. wrap up the album wasn't really just hitting for me. A, a little dope outro to wrap everything up is one of the things he could have worked on as well. But, you know, I'm nitpicking here. It was a great album. I agree with your take. Is it standing up there with Daytona and the KODs and, and the Nas albums that came out? It's able to stand its own there. Uh, so 8 out of 10. All right, man. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's interesting you brought up when. Um, you know, and I, I talk about how important on all my podcast intros and outros are as far as albums. They really just, a, a, a bad intro or outro can really mess up the entire project. Uh, and so, yeah. so I, so I think that, uh, well, I get what they were going for with the win as an outro. I never really saw it as an outro either. Um, I would have loved for it to be a, another for what's it worth like outro a very um just a very close uh because i feel like almost redemption would have served as a better outro to it because it's kind of just like this is where i'm at now it it, it didn't feel like it, it felt it felt like that in a way because you know they're trying to say you know now j-rock's in a place where he's winning but it didn't it didn't come through as introspective as maybe the record hints at and um so so that was kind of another thing that i um i'm glad you brought up because that was another short small shortcoming that i had even though i personally enjoy the record is that it didn't necessarily work for me as the best outro um right. even though even though it, it's a song that works for me but um one of the last things i want to uh get off of it is just, this is just something that's kind of sat with me is um as i listen to this project over and over again one of the things that stands out is j-rock getting help from kendrick on vocals and hooks and ad libs mm -hmm. and stuff all throughout the project so uh my my thing is it is um you know you talked about room for improvement um do we do we think j-rock's capable of getting to a point where he doesn't need that where he doesn't need kendrick to come in and do all these little harmonizing ad libs and all sorts of things that kind of really just flesh out the project oh yeah 100 percent. i think that Kendrick, Kendrick was almost the insurance policy, you know, since right. we said we, we've had the two J-Rock albums that didn't work and we know what does work with TDE and just applying Kendrick in those places. Hmm. I feel like we're to ensure the success of the album. But now that J-Rock has kind of found more of a voice, like I spoke on uh, with the song Troopers, he's found kind of his melodic lane. Mm -hmm. I think that we'll see less Kendrick Lamar influence and more J-Rock influence, and then his influence start to trickle down to other people as Kendrick's did to him. So, yeah, I definitely think that there'll be less Kendrick influence coming up. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think this was. I think that was a great way to put it as an, as an insurance policy as a whole. So, um, uh -huh. you and I are both optimistic about J-Rock going forward. Uh, 100%. This is a great review. I was excited. So what were your favorite records off here? My favorite records are going to be, let me go, let me see. Again, the second one that I brought up, let me go back to it, my bad. For what it's <laughs> out worth. Out of sight, out of mind? Yeah, oh, for what okay, it's worth, it's going to be my favorite record. Out of sight, out of mind, and Troopers. And if I had to choose between those three, my favorite one would be For What It's Worth. Hmm. Okay. Uh, my my favorite uh redemption wow um out of sight out of mind and rotation 112 if i had to pick one that 
I'd say I'd probably come back to the most. I think it's rotation 112. That's one's for sure what I've come back to the most right now. I don't know if that's going to be the the ultimate one that lasts the test of time on this project for me. But uh, for now, yeah, I'd say I'd say in the the time it's been out since I that's been the record I've I've listened to the most is rotation 112. Um, so that 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 would be probably my number one favorite. Cool. Well, I, I agree with you, and I agree with both optimistic about J Rock. I can't wait to see what comes up next from him and TDE. Hopefully, that Black Hippies project. <laughs> yeah, man. We we keep hoping, man. Keep putting it, keep putting the positive energy out in the air. <laughs> yeah, and it'll happen. But um, in the meantime, Spike, thanks for joining me, man. Uh, it's been a it's been an honor having you on the podcast. You know, I'm a big fan of what you guys do at On Deck TV. You guys, I was telling Animal Brown this. I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but um, so I'll say it on air again, be, just in case, just in case, so my my listeners yeah. know that you guys are are one of the very. I I listen to a bunch of podcasts, but of all the podcasts I listen to, there's only about four or five that when they drop, I don't skip. I don't miss an episode, <laughs> and you guys are one of them that stay in that tight rotation. So you guys do great work. You're one of the best hip hop podcasts in the game. Hey, I really appreciate that, man. I don't take that lightly at all. And uh, any time that you need some help or you want a guest uh, co-host to help you review these albums, I'm 100% here to do it, man. And we'll even get you on sometimes when you're down in Atlanta or we need something from uh, you guys over there. 100% need to link up and do that. Oh, yeah, man. 100%. Uh, Dead End Hip Hop's in Atlanta, so and that's who that's who partners with this podcast. So I'll uh, nice. 100% if I, when, I, when I make that trip to Atlanta, I'll... I'll We'll get in touch. We'll make something happen, man. Cause Time to make that road trip, baby. We'll do it. <laughs> All right, man. Let's let's do it. Um, but yeah. So thank thanks, Spike Lou, for coming on the podcast, man. Uh, why don't you go ahead and plug uh, on Deck TV and everything that you guys do? All right, appreciate it, Chris, man. Anytime, and like I said on Twitter, I am Spike Lou, and Instagram, I am Spike Lou. The show page at On Deck TV and at On Deck TV podcast. Go check us out there. Go to iTunes to subscribe. Also, um. YouTube slash realvillemedia.com. All of those. Go there. Check us out. Let us know what you think about our content. There's plenty more of it on the way. And again, thank you, Chris, man, for putting me on this uh, podcast. Let me get out to your fans. Hopefully some of them will come over and I'll send some over your way, too. Hey, man, thank you. Thank you. So if you were brought here by On Deck TV, thank you for <laughs> listening. I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan as well as well as you guys are. And so you can find all my content if you liked this. Um, I have I have two podcasts, Strictly Hip Hop and Strictly Hoop Talk. One is a hip hop podcast. One is an NBA podcast. They're two separate podcasts that are done in one feed, so it's very easy to follow and stay tra- uh, keep your track of everything. And essentially, the channel is all sorts of things. It's album reviews, it's interviews, it's game recaps, it's um, it's kind of you know evergreen. Con- I got a lot of evergreen content coming up with the NBA off season, of course. You know some stuff that's just gonna kind of be like all-time all-time players all, all stuff like that so just basically trying to be all-encompassing of each uh of each subject that i'm talking about of each topic that i'm talking about so um so you can find all those podcasts on apple podcasts or podbean just by searching chris platty uh strictly hip-hop or strictly hoop talk any of those three keywords will work and um if now you can find that on all my social medias on the social medias instagram twitter all that i'm at real chris platty c-h-r-i-s-p-l-a-t-t-e so go ahead give me a follow i interact with a lot of i I interact with a lot of my viewers and i've even had people that i that i met through twitter on the podcast such as you guys so um so you know you never know what the future holds man so 100 follow me on the social medias but um thanks spike spike lou for coming on man i appreciate you and until the next time, you, you, guys, you guys keep up the good work at On Deck TV. All right, you too, Chris, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Thanks. Yeah.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.